Welcome back for another week of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and thank you so much for being here this week. This week, my daughter and I are getting into what is safe anyways, how to be safe for someone else, how to know if someone around you is safe, and what the heck are these millennials talking about? So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Hello, hello. Welcome to Keeping It Real. What is safe anyways? This is my co-host and producer, Skylar Shagovac, in the house tonight who has catnipped her cat into oblivion, so he won't be crawling across the video, maybe. We are maybe safe from the cat's noises tonight. So I want you to know, so I do my show on Tuesday with Monica Morton over at Strong Boss Bitches, and whatever that little noise is, it was happening on our show too. It sounds like a... And I thought it was your cat, and it must not be because I could hear it over on that show as well. So not really sure what that is, but gotta be you, the only problem. <laughs> I'm the issue. So tonight we are talking about what is safe anyways. And it was funny because I actually got the idea from of the show from your generation. Because when I was posting to TikTok, all these millennials were commenting, I feel safe here. All these kids, all these 20-somethings were, and, and maybe 30-somethings also were saying, I feel safe here. And I had no idea what they were talking about outside of like, I wasn't going to be attacked or whatever. And so I started talking to some 20-somethings about like, what is this concept of safety. What what are all these kids talking about be, feeling safe? And so I started asking around and the general idea that I got back was that your generation, the 20 and 30 somethings, because the fact that most of you are so open-minded because you've been so aware of LGBTQ and different just you know racism and you you guys are just so aware of so much and so accepting of so many different types of people wherein my generation was not as accepting of all of these you know like I remember being in high school and there were like rumors that two girls were lesbians and it was just like oh my god like it was like, I don't even know if I knew what it meant, to be perfectly honest with you. And so now that's just like old hat. And so when your generation is around maybe my generation or other generations who are more judgy, less accepting, they feel, quote, unsafe. They feel that they're not allowed to be the full breath of who they are as a person because of a fear of judgment, to be honest with you. And so that that I found just amazing. And so now I've taken that in my own experience and I'm learning about how I feel safe and what that means. Go ahead. The only thing that I was going to say is that I wouldn't necessarily specify it just to generational wise. Safe spaces can be a safe friend group, or I think a lot of times we can compare it for your generation to broaden that perspective of 
work friends versus your real friends of different kind of conversations and places that you can have and feel a certain type of way. And I think we labeled this space safe, this little zone as safe by meaning I can express myself. I can feel and express love for others and not feel that there's going to be any type of judge for any love given anywhere. Yeah. So I feel like that's the the safe bubble to put it in a generational mindset. It's just an interesting new word. And because this is such an interesting, I found it to be a very interesting concept because I never really quantified safety. I never really categorized it and then tried to figure out like, who do I feel safe with? Do I feel safe with my parents or friends or my husband? What does it feel like to be safe or unsafe? When do I feel safe? What are the parameters of feeling safe? And when I feel safe, what happens? And I really found it so interesting to kind of break it down because now I'm started, starting to look at my relationships in a different way because I used to look at families, 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 family. It is what it is. You have to tolerate it. And or or alternatively, family, this family person judges. So I'm just not going to share. And now I recognize that the inability to share is feeling unsafe. The 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 fear of scrutiny is that fear of of a knowing that I am in a in an unsafe relationship or an unsafe conversation to share or be vulnerable. And it's allowed me to compartmentalize my relationships more clearly based on understanding that some are safe, some are unsafe, then that calls for vulnerability or that calls for pulling back. Because I just really never thought of it that way. I just kind of was willy-nilly out there, putting myself out there and getting hurt. And now I'm I'm recognizing it more based on this this one wacky word of safe. It's so interesting. Now, do you think that that kind of like that not having a word or a label for it, for that feeling during childhood, because I mean, I grew up in a different era. I grew up in a place where you knew what was safe. You knew what was good. You knew where you could tell your feelings to. Do you think that that kind of mushed the lines between who you saw as partners? Do you think that this space of seeing your family as family, do you think that you looked for partners that were the same? Because in your brain, that that's what you saw very, very possible. And the other thing, as you were just saying that, is in my world, family equated to you be open. You should mm-hmm. you should be comfortable. And, it, you know, it's kind of like with TikTok and all of the social media opening up the words of narcissist, empath, trigger, trauma response, people pleaser, that's an old one. But all of a sudden we're being privy to, opened up with all of these new words and concepts. You know, I didn't know what gaslighting was until very recently. And now I'm over, I always knew, I'm like, I just want to walk around with a recording device because anytime I say something or you say something, not you, Skylar, but the persons, and then you, I never said that. I I never said that. And you're like, 
<gasps> I'm going crazy. Yes, you did. And it's like, no, I never said that. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just start walking around with a recording device and then and then you'll you can't deny it. Now I recognize because that because you don't have a word for it. I didn't have a word for it. It just seemed normal. It seemed normal. It seemed insane. But now, now when I even do it to myself, right? When I gaslight myself and go, ah, it's not that bad. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. Because I have a definition. I have clear-cut boundaries and an idea around what gaslighting is. When I'm gaslighting myself. When I'm, my husband might be gaslighting me. And that's not that he's a bad person, but... You know, if he's like, well, it wasn't, no, it was that bad. Oh, it was, no. And so now because there's a language for it that's very, I don't know, accessible, now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I know what that is. I know what's happening to me. I know I'm not mentally insane or whatever. This is a real thing that's happening to me in this moment. And I think with the word safe, I've started to recognize that that is an actual feeling. It's a, it's, a, it's a place where you go and all of a sudden you can be silly or you can tell your dark, you know, dark secrets or whatever it is, or you can even talk about your day without being jumped on, you know? And so I just think that having these words has been a game changer, I think, for Everybody that's, you know, involved in, you know, this, this movement of understanding mental health, mental illness, and where we're headed as a society. Now with the safe space, do you think that, like, for me, I kind of see I have almost different safe spaces, like, maybe this group, I can talk about my spiritual feelings. And this is a very move forward group. And this group, I can talk about LGBTQ rights and, and, and everything like this and have free speech and that type of thing. Do you think that it's okay to have different safe groups where maybe it's not, we're not going to talk about religion over here, but we're going to talk about it over here. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, and in the Black community, this concept was introduced to me, and I also never understood it, but they call it code switching. And it's where you go in and out of different, using different types of language. So you would use more, you know, business language at work. And then you would talk a different way, as we all do with our friends. And so I never, again compartmentalize these concepts of switching in and out of different personalities, different way of speaking. And you're, I mean, you're learning that so much right now, owning your own business that, you know, the way you talk with your friends on a Friday night is profoundly different than when you're over there interviewing someone for a job. And so you're doing that. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's appropriate for white people to borrow the word code switching, but the concept was introduced to me. And so I, I paid attention to it and started to pay more attention to it. So yes, like it, it, we are going to go in and out of places with certain people about certain subjects that we know I can talk about this with. And as soon as I start talking about that, interestingly enough, it also can be a very negative thing because of the fact that you might feel very comfortable being racist with some people. You might feel safe to be racist or anti-gay or 
whatever bigoted in one way, shape or form. And so we are, we also find those safe spaces as well, unfortunately for a negative purpose, but all in line with exactly what you're talking about. And, and, you know, I was watching this series of TikToks last night, this gal, she's a um, internal investigator I believe it would be for like the police. And she was talking about how she just did this internal investigation with this, this whole group. Uh, It sounds like just a huge group of places. And they were talking about, this is so interesting. This is so in line with what we're talking about here. They're talking about grooming. Now, grooming is usually a negative word where you slowly kind of see how far you can get with a person by crossing a line a little bit, waiting to see what happens, crossing a line a little bit. And they were, she was talking about workplace grooming where you might be like, Oh, that outfit looks really nice on you. Nothing is said. Oh, wow. You look great today. Nothing Mm -hmm. is said. And you just keep pushing the boundary. And that's kind of what we do with safe spaces. But in the positive way is we see how far we can get with like talking about religion, talking about spirituality. You know, when we introduce ourselves and you say, hi, my name is Meredith. I go with, you know, I use she, her. That instantly is an invitation to someone that, you know, uses different pronouns or not and says, hey, I am a safe space for you. Just by saying, hi, my name is Meredith. I use she, her. Boom, safe space, right? There's there's that all of a sudden you've, you've invited them into that place. So it's interesting as we're talking about this, the way that the conversation is evolving into positive safe spaces where good things happen, how we get there, how we learn that it's safe, right? And that goes back to dating or even dating a friend, right? Where you share a little bit, then they share a little bit, And then you share a little bit. And so we kind of have this dance that goes back and it says, are you safe? Are you safe? Mm -hmm. I just love this conversation. It's so good. Now, so with friends and everything, we can kind of play that game of dipping our toes in the water. Now, what if we're in a family and it's an unsafe family? Yeah. How do we know what we can? How do we figure out how to find out what our parameters of safe is, even if we have to draw like a super jig jag circle, you know what I mean? Like if we have to find something that's safe, how do you go about doing it? You're stuck. So it took me years to understand that some family members were not necessarily safe. I would just kept putting myself into the fire, into the fire over and over again. And I always thought that if I showed up kind If I showed up nice and vulnerable and loving and gracious and a good hostess and my, you know, everything was perfect. This goes back to people pleaser, right? If I sing and dance, right, just enough, then the person that I am having this relationship with and my family or likewise would show up opposite, but equal, right? Exactly. You come at me. I come at you, we meet in the middle, you're going to be perfect world. Right, perfect world. And it took me, unfortunately, decades and decades and decades of failure and being hurt to recognize that not everyone is going to show up like me. You know, I have, I, you know, rose colored glasses to the nth degree of faith in people. And so 
I would say to someone, if you are starting to recognize that when you show up with someone that they cannot meet you, you need to start paying attention that that person is not capable of being safe for you. And then you need to adjust your vulnerability, what you share, your expectations. I mean, there's so much that goes into even expectations. And it was funny because you were having a conversation about some friends that you have that were coming over and you kind of geared yourself up for your expectations. It was kind of like you were gearing yourself up. You were readying yourself for a situation. And so you're like, okay, I know what this is going to look like. I know what this is going to feel like. And so I am going to meet them where they show up versus I'm not going to show up here and then have them show up here and be disappointed. And I think that this is this is all in the conversation of safety is not throwing all of your eggs in one basket, all of your heart at a person, place, or thing, and then walk away going, what the hell just happened? I think a good point that you bring up there too, and I want to draw that back to is what you talk about, especially with family members, because I think it's a huge thing to think that every family member has your best interest in mind and would never share XYZ with XYZ. And I think it's really important as you get older and as you go through life, as you reach into that 16, 17, you know, even going into your early 20s, like you don't have to share your you don't have to share your salary anymore. You don't have to share what you're doing on the day to day, your location. Like you, you need to set those boundaries between am I telling them who I'm like dating because are they gonna craziness. You know what I mean? So I feel like a big, big part of this is also figuring out what you're sharing about yourself because yourself is, it's a privilege to, to know stuff about you. That is a safe space. hundred percent. And you know, it took me a while to figure that out as well, because I started to recognize, and you and I have worked through a lot of this together because I I tell people all the time, you think parenting a two-year-old is difficult. Wait till they're 22. It's way worse because it's they're out there and you're like, have no control. You have no say so. And they're just willy nilly running around the planet. And so I look at it and I say to myself, when you share something with anyone, you inherently socially American wise are inviting judgment and opinion. Mm -hmm. I got my hair cut today. There's never going to be silence after that. You know, it's going to be like, oh, I didn't notice. Or, yeah, oh, yeah, it does look nice. Or, oh, I thought you were growing it out. Or, oh, I think I kind of liked it, like, down here. No matter what, as you start, and I noticed this when uh, when you guys were little, and I would share, oh, Skylar's doing this, and Cody's doing that, and Emerson's doing that. It's an automatic invitation, especially to family who take privileges based only on being a family member, that when I say, oh, Skylar had a rough day at school today, her teacher gave her a C on a paper or whatever, it's like, 
all teachers are idiots. Bah, 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 bah. And I'm like, <gasps> I wasn't expecting that. I was just sharing. And so I am super aware that whatever I put out, especially to family, unfortunately, I am inviting their opinion. I am sharing an opening. It's like, here, here is my life. I am going to show you this. I'm going to tell you that. And I am, because that's what a conversation is. And I think something funny that it, this brings back to that I do that makes you mad, but I do because safe spaces, I just do stuff and then tell her after I do it. Like tattoo, dyeing the hair, buying the cat. I'm like, hey, I bought a cat last week. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you can't offer judgment if it's already passed. Well, like baby you names. Think, so you know me, but there are many parents that I have talked to, or actually kids that I have talked to, that they have shared the undoable, 100% undoable, and still get the litany of judgment and criticism and backlash. So trust me, just because it's already done, that's our relationship. Just because it's already done means absolutely... Still backfire. Backfire. I mean, I'm talking pregnancy. Already done. Fun in the oven. Like, forget it. But I think so, this is also where you have a good point, too, of where it draws a line of you got to cut them off. Like, just because family or friends or this, when it becomes such not a safe space to be in, when yeah. it becomes you have no way to zigzag around them, you have no way to meet them halfway and figure out how to make it safe. Yeah. You don't have to stay there. I mean, right. I think that uh, you showed me this in yourself and just you, family is family, but that doesn't mean that they have to be there. No. And let me, let me say this too. Inside of this conversation of seeing a safe space in other people, I think it's also part of this conversation is how to be a safe space for others. So not only mm. should you be looking for safe space in your friends, in your family, figuring out who is and isn't safe by the, you know, the wiggle in, okay, I shared that, they didn't judge that, you know, and, and going from there. But it's also how do we be a safe space for others? And I just had this conversation with someone last night where they were having an issue within a situation with another woman. And I said, look, you cannot talk about another woman's appearance. To you, it might be nothing, but to them, it might be everything. It might be, it might be the Achilles heel of that person. You know, so how are we a safe space for people of color, for other women, for the LGBTQ plus community, for people that are going through a hard time, for people that are ill. And I actually, I would love to eventually write a book on my experience going through breast cancer because a lot of people I learned had absolutely no clue how to work with someone that was sick. They did had no idea what to do. And as I went through breast cancer, I was really paying attention to what is it that I could use right now? What is it that would have been helpful? How, how to do this? Because so many people have, maybe I was their first experience with illness and, and the big C, right? And so teaching people how to be safe 
for us. You taught me how I needed to be, if if I wanted to, right, safe for you, which is don't tell me how to live my life. And so I went, oh, I can do that. That's it. Okay. You know, and so to the point where I'm like, are you sure you want my opinion? Are you positive? Because I don't want to become unsafe for you ever. It's super important for me to be safe for my kids and my husband and my friends. But to bring it back to both points, the big, I feel like whenever you really got under yourself and you really felt supported when you were going through your cancer, it was when someone else who had gone through it supported you. Yeah. 100% of the time, every gift, every meal, every book, every everything, it was because they knew what you needed. So I feel like for me in our relationship. Or had had a friend who had just gone through it. And they knew exactly just like, drop it off and leave. Don't stay. Don't come in. Don't ask for a thank you. Don't even just, just drop and go. Like that to me was a game changer. Huge. So I think a big thing with us is that, so those people had to get taught how to be that safe space. I had to teach you how to be that safe space. But I think for me, that also taught me how to deal with other people because I watched what made me feel good. I wiggled in that spot and was like, how do, how, how do I, how do I do this? Cause I don't know how to make, I don't know what's wrong here. Right. I don't know why I don't feel safe with my mom. I, I, she's my best friend in the entire world. I don't know what's going on, right. like what's happening. So I feel like that takes some deep self-reflection to look upon yourself and say, what's not safe here. And then it's, it was just the judgment of not being able to be myself. Yep. So I think a big thing on that is also you might have to tell someone how to be safe. Yeah. Like they might not realize it. And it might also take some self-reflection on your behalf to figure out what's going on and where that wall is there for you. 100%. And, and that, that I love so much that you said the word judgment, because as you were speaking, that's what I kept saying. So you can be a safe space for other people when you stop judging, when you stop controlling, fixing, altering, whatever, giving your opinion on, and allow everyone to be themselves, which goes full circle to the beginning of this conversation, which is, the 20 and 30 year old generation, how I see it, is not as judgmental as my generation because we were not privy to all of these different things as you guys. Like you guys are aware of so many different lifestyles. And when I was growing up, there were no, we didn't know about all of this stuff. There was not this amount of information that was just constant. Now it's like, oh, there's a guy walking down the street in a tutu and seven-inch stilettos, and so I wonder where they're going. Or I think it's the funniest thing in the world when you go on internet and people are like, did you ever as a kid like waterbend in the water? And like 30,000 people respond and they're like, I thought I was the only one. What is this word, waterbend? Like, like just stupid stuff in the shower. Like when you put your arm and all the water goes down it or like, just like just stupid stuff that like, you just think because you're in the shower, you're by yourself. It's just stupid stuff. You think no one else in the entire world does. Right. And you might've not had the access to have 30,000 or however many people go, 
Same. Same. Same, bro. Same. Like, I'm just as weird. How would I'm you, just as great. Right. How would you ever feel? And so now all of a sudden everyone's running around recognizing that they're not weird, that it is okay. Like, you know, that mean girl mentality is almost so far in the past. I mean, I know it's not, but it's getting far in the past because it's like, no, dude, we're all weird. And so like, let's just be safe for everybody. And, you know, I really hope it's trickling upwards towards the older you know, people, my generation and everything where we don't have to level ourselves as being better than, less than, whatever it is based on basically anything because we all want to feel that we could be vulnerable, that we could be different, that we're not going to be judged. But I think that this starts also, and I, I, I think I did a podcast on judgment starts at home. The way that you feel about yourself, the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you judge yourself, your body, your hair, your abilities, your intelligence, your career, whatever it is, the way you talk to yourself is the way that you look at the world. It's the same lens, the same critical lens. And so when you find yourself I love this conversation. When you find yourself out and about in the world, and Skylar is the best at this, and you are either critical or you are a hype girl, that is how you speak to yourself. If you are critical, you are critical to yourself and vice versa. If you are a hype girl to the world, it's because you're a hype girl to yourself. So all of this really starts with you. It starts with each one of us and the love that we have for ourselves, wanting to pull everyone in and feeling just as good. And I really think that that's what I was kind of tapping into or what I do tap into on my TikTok page is that feeling of safety. By the way, if anyone has a question, anyone wants to make a comment, please feel free to come up and ask a question or have a comment about where you do and don't feel safe and what it means. But honestly, Skylar, this all starts at home. And that's why that TikTok, because if there's anyone that's negative or starts fighting on my page, instant block instant black because I don't want people to feel judged. I don't want it's I don't care about views. I don't care about the followers. I want people to know that they can comment anything here, there, or anywhere on my social media and that they will be protected for being vulnerable or sharing. And I think that that's huge. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I feel like just the the backing of of making yourself feel good. I, I put on my Instagram story the other day it was a quote and it was make somebody smile today, but rem- remember that you are somebody. And like f- so many people swiped up on my story and was like, thanks for the reminder. And I put that up there just being like, this is kind of silly, but also kind of cute. Not thinking too much of it because like you said, I'm my own hype queen. I could be walking around in Crocs and an oversized sweatshirt and be like, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But some people just don't think that way. Some people don't think I need to put the self-work in. I need that self-love, positivity, care, because you ain't going to always get it from the outside. 
And honestly, I'm seeing a big change. You know, you you used to walk around the world and, you know, it was like side eye or, you know, the look up and down. And now I'm finding, and you've seen it when we're out, like yesterday we, or Saturday, we went downtown Chicago and I like literally get out of the car. We're standing behind the car waiting for Jim to park. And this woman's like, oh my God, your hair, you know, and we all stop and we're trying to listen. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Meanwhile, Brock and Emerson are literally almost getting hit by a car because we're not focused at all. But we're starting to see more and more people vulnerable to give the compliment, vulnerable to not waste the happy, kind thought. And we want, I'm seeing more and more women especially want that safe space, recognizing that none of us are in a competition. If I succeed, that does not mean that you cannot succeed. If you succeed, that does not bring me down. But I feel like that's a very, 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 and Clever will always say this. Anyone I meet down here will always say this. It's a Northerner thing. Because Clever the other day, was telling me about how I I told a simple story. It was something stupid like sharing my lunchbox food or something. And he told me it was so interesting. Actually, it was sharing my homework. I told him about how I used to just like give my homework out because I didn't care and homework didn't actually mean anything and what does it matter? I had to do it anyway. And he's like, you tell me so many stories of people sharing things with you, you sharing things with other. And in the North, people genuinely want to lift each other up. Mm-hmm. He's like, I feel like in Florida, it was always like, let me step and climb and climb and step and climb and step. People do, And I completely see that in the sense that people look at me like I have seven heads when I'm like, oh, girl, your nails are amazing. I love your top. You look gorgeous today. Like people think I'm like the end all greatest being human me whatever. And I'm like, no, like I'm just, I'm from the North. Like this, we just talk to people and we want to share our lives and we want to interact. Like we want to have human to human experiences because that is what makes us human. That's what makes us fun and connect. And But see, that's the thing is it goes back to, it starts with you. Because you do that and the butterfly effect. And then the next person feels good and then they do that. And then they realize, wow, that really does make a difference. You know, I mean, I have started to recognize how profound talking and sharing and 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 doing these things matter. I mean, a day a week does not go by that I do not get a message from someone. You changed my life. I was going to kill myself and now I'm not. Or I was so depressed or I, you know, I had an abortion and, you know, you you changed my entire way of looking at that. And and it really does make a difference to to share and to help and to be kind. And this starts with each one of us. Each one of us is responsible, in my opinion, of changing this world and being the light. And it takes one second. You never know if while you're out and about tomorrow, right, and someone is walking down the sidewalk or is at the grocery store that they are going through something horrific. I was driving to get my mammogram the other day and it's it's funny because Jim can always tell when it's mammogram time cuz I get real wired up and I don't even realize I'm doing it. I just get real like high energy and I'm like a, he calls me a cat on a hot tin roof. And so I messing with them and the, you know, 
throwing his pillow off the side of the bed. You know, I mess with him all the time. And then I come in the bathroom and I'm like, and he's like, what in the hell is wrong with you? You are a crazy person. And I'm just like, yeah. And he's like, why are you about? And I'm just like, want me to make you feel? He's like, you need to stop. You're going crazy. I'm like, want me to make you feel bad? He's like, not really, but what? And I'm like, mammogram day he's like oh i should have known and so but it's so interesting because like i'm driving down the street i'm going to get dry cleaning i'm going to do all of these activities and my mind's occupied am i going to get bad news because they tell you right then and there with these mammograms now if you're if you had cancer and uh oh like we saw something and so i know that this information could be coming right? And so you are a cat on a hot tin roof. You never know who you're encountering, what they're going through. And I really try to have a safe space and say, be kind to people because you sent me that. You sent me that meme that said, when you encounter anyone on this planet, you should just basically consider that you are meeting a broken person who has been through major broken trauma. Person. No one has made it through this earth unscathed. 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 No, no one. And so as you, everyone. Right, as you meet everybody, I don't care if it's the barista at Starbucks or if it's the gal that's bringing you your dry cleaning or whatever it is, understand that no one is unscathed and you don't know if they just got the worst news, worst news. And so we need to start protecting each other. And lo- the, this is a rough world. We have gone through two years of COVID and now, I don't know, a war this week. And so I think we need to start paying attention, you know, what it is that people are dealing with. I love what Jody just said, because I was literally about to bring up something just like this. Jody said, love this. If it weren't for a couple ladies I met encouraging me during my weight loss journey, I don't think I could have done it. Jody, I was literally just about to bring up the same exact point. The day before I quit my job, the day before I quit my job, a girl in my sorority that never talked to, never talked to, just was in my sorority, knew of her. She reached out to me. I have chills. I have chills. She goes, I just want to let you know. Oh, I'm going to cry. I was hysterically crying when she sent me this. I was literally like, it was the biggest change in my life. I was like, do I quit my job? Do I work for myself? I don't know what to do. Pulling my hair out. And this girl out of nowhere created a safe space for me. And she goes, I just want to let you know, I think you are the baddest bitch I've ever seen. You are living your life for you. You are doing what you want. Like, she's like, obviously I'm just seeing the inside. I mean the outside in, but she's like, you are one of the coolest people I have ever, like not hyping myself up, but this is just what she said here. And I just remember feeling like, holy shit, I can do this. Like, okay, I can finally do this. And And she had no clue what I was going through. Skylar, you know, I think that this has been a great conversation. I love the way these things, she's not drugged enough. I love the way these things evolve, you know, from a safe space of 20 year olds to recognizing family safe spaces or unsafe spaces. And then again, being a safe space for other people and how important that is to, you know, be that and teach. And I love what you said too, Skylar, is to sometimes we have to teach people. And when I did go through cancer, I did have to teach friends. I had to teach Jim like what I needed to feel safe, to be vulnerable and ask for help because I am, you know, the superwoman type A person. And so, you know, we do have to teach people what we need sometimes. And if they can't show up in that way, 
then they're not safe. You play with it and until it stops. And if it's, if they can't do it, then you just, Hey, now I know when they, someone shows you who they are, believe Trust them. them, trust it. They're not joking, you know? And so I think that's huge. The crazy cat. Well, everybody think I see Kristen and Deborah. Thank you guys so much for showing up. We saw Woody here earlier. Oh, there's Woody. Sorry, Woody. You're 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 right there next to Kristen. Thank you guys so much for showing up again this week. We will be back next week. We're going to be talking about what Skylar villain era. Oh, we're going to be talk talking about the villain era. I'm so excited for this one, guys. Yeah, she wanted to talk about this tonight, but I, she didn't let me know that. And I had already had um, this time. I actually let her know that like five days ago. It was just way too far in advance. I was way too excited. She never read the text message. Yeah, I must have blurped <laughs> over that text message. But next week, She's we're going to be talking man. about the villain era, which I love this. I'm personally going through the villain era. Skylar, are you in the villain era? Yeah, I would have to say I'm in the villain era. So come back next week and find out what the villain era is. Are you in your villain era? What do you think about the villain era? And is a villain era even the right term for it? For me, I don't think so. But hey, we need a better definition. We are going to have to come up with a better definition. So we will see you guys all here next week. Thanks, Skylar. Bye. Thank you. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.